Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. Today's episode is for girl moms and boy moms trying to crack the code of teenagers. It's my first interview, and I chose someone who thinks like a parent and makes decisions like a parent, yet understands this next generation and naturally draws them in. He's like the Pied Piper of high schoolers, and it's a little surprising given the uniform he wears every day, yet it goes to show how in any line of work, we can go beyond the job description to impact the lives of teenagers in deep and unforgettable ways. I have no doubt that you will walk away from this episode feeling inspired by ideas that you can implement at home. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. So today on the Girl Mom Podcast, we have a very special guest. It's actually my first guest interview, and I can't think of a better person to do it because the topic is connecting with your high schooler. And um, I don't think it's a coincidence that his name is Richard Connect. He is actually the school resource officer at Mount Brook High School. He works with the Mount Brook Police Department, has been an officer for over 20 years. Um, So not only does he have those credentials, but he also has the... um, I guess the ability to connect with teenagers, not only because of his personality, but also he's the father of five children. Three of those children are now teenagers. They're triplets, juniors. Um, So anyway, um, my daughter had suggested Officer Connect when I told her that I was looking for some people to interview. And um, she said, Mom, he's got the best personality. He loves all the students. The students love him. Uh, you know, always leaves his door open, goes to all the games, just really knows how to connect with the high schoolers. And I've met Officer Connect on several occasions at the high school. I knew that my daughter was right immediately when she suggested him. So I reached out. Thankfully, he said yes. So he's our guest today. And I know that you're going to learn a lot and um, probably want to take notes and maybe even bring your high schooler in to listen with you. So welcome to the show, Officer Connect. And let me just let you just say a little bit about yourself and your background and what led you to Mountain Brook High School. So I feel like the most rewarding thing about working in the school setting is, you know, seeing a kid advance and and become something special. And that's what I wanted my own children. So when the position came available to work at the high school, I jumped on it. Um, Not every police officer wants to work in a school setting. Um, I think that the the job of a school resource officer and the job of a police officer out on the street are completely different. Mm -hmm. Number one, the police officer out on the street, his job is to go catch bad people, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what he does. He goes out and he seeks out people that are breaking the law and he catches them and he arrests them or writes them a citation, scolds them, whatever he needs to do to get them to do what he needs them to do on the street. The police officer job in the high school is completely different. He's looking to advance the student. How how can he help the student become a success and not necessarily looking to arrest the student every day? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the job is completely different. I felt like I could bring that to the table because I have children who are very successful, and I would like to see that um, in the school setting. So that's why I took the job. Um, been a police officer 20 years. I've been on the SWAT team. I've done just about everything that there is to do at the police department. And really, this is my favorite place to be is the high school. Oh, well, you do a great job. And what I love about the way you, um, I guess, approach your job and carry it out is that obviously your number one priority is to keep the students safe. And so they are physically safe. But I think what we often forget as adults, especially in this day and age of parenting, is that our kids need to feel emotionally safe and they need to feel like they can bring their guard down and they have a safe place to talk. And you really do a great job with that with the high schoolers. 
and I'm sure it's, it's you got a little bit of a, um, it's a little bit of a challenge at first because I know when we see police officers, especially high schoolers, your tendency is to put up that guard and kind of you know close up. So you've really got to earn that position in their lives. But I want to ask you, like you know, what have you learned from how to connect with these high schoolers and how to relate to them and get them to open up and have you know know that let them know that you care and that you're genuinely interested in their lives. And I like that you use the word genuine because. And, and if you're talking to a student, especially a teenage student at the high school level, they need to know that you're a real person, that you have made some mistakes in your past, that you can move beyond that, that you are wise enough that things have happened to you in your lifetime and you can move beyond that. If you're a 20-something-year-old police officer, 22, 23, it might not be the best setting for you to be in the high school because they need to know that you're stable. You've done this for a mm. while. They feel confident to come in and talk to you because you're, you're worldly. You've been around for a while. Um, but you have to be real about it. You have to be able to uh, even tell them some things about yourself personally that you might not share with other people on the street if you're working the street. So if you're working in the high school level, you might have to let them know, yes, I've had a speeding ticket before. I've, I've uh, had a, a traffic accident before. And this is how we move forward. Um, and and I, I say this to say, if you're talking to your student and you, and you want your student to... Um, to be able to come out of something that they've done wrong, to, to come out of a situation where they haven't been able to uh, progress any further. Maybe it's the approach of looking forward and not looking back. Um, we can't just keep looking back at the things that they've done wrong. We have to try to figure out how to get forward to that. And once we do that, we'll have a lot more success. Mm -hmm. And we were talking beforehand, and you really made a great point about that, that sometimes when we're, you know, dealing with our children or students, you know, we, we focus so hard on that mistake and that failure, and we just drill in on that, that we don't ever move forward about like, okay, this happened, we can't change it. Let's learn from this and how are we going to move forward from this? And I think, you know, you, you read all these articles and you hear all this, especially in, you know, a lot of upscale communities where, you know, perfection is kind of the standard that these kids are cracking below the surface. They're scared to death to fail. You know, a lot of them are even scared to tell their parents that they failed or something hasn't gone well because they know their parents will be upset or disappointed. And, you know, how do we create those environments where those our kids can be honest with them. And um, even if we do get upset, you know, we'll get over it and we'll help them work through it. But, you know, helping them see the humanity in the situation and that, you know, we all fail, we all mess up, but what's the next step? So the, the kids don't have a template for that and, and they need someone to help them through that because a child doesn't know that if they have very successful parents who, who rarely make mistakes and uh, they live in a very affluent neighborhood, uh, failing at a test score or having a small fender bender could really be life-altering for them because they have to wear the shame of making this mistake in front of their parents who seem to be so good at everything. They just haven't had any problems. So um, they come to me and they, they need help because there, there's nothing out there. There's no guide for them to say, this is how we move forward to that. But really, every time that anyone has ever asked for help, that usually always ends up in a success. It's asking for the help that's the issue. So I try to explain to them, you know, maybe it's time to sit down with your parents and tell them, 
look, my grades are not good in this one area and I need some help. That is very hard to do for a, for a teenager. But sometimes that's what you have to do. And that's where I come in to try to guide them into doing that. And we were talking earlier, too, about just, you know, really just asking questions about what they're interested in, engaging in what they're interested in, whatever that might be. And, you know, having those sometimes trivial conversations. And I've learned this even as a parent that, you know, sometimes as my girls have grown up, especially, they're like, okay, I don't, I'm not up for a life lesson right now. And so I've learned I've got to be really, you know, have a small percentage of life lesson conversations. But to, for them to hear those, we've got to have more just lighthearted conversations and sometimes talk about these trivial things like our favorite song or, you know, favorite TV show or whatever. But, um, you know, and as far as, you know, when our children are retreating or we're trying to connect, you know, thinking, okay, what is it that they do like right now? You know, how can I be part of that? And I went through that with one of my daughters in fifth grade that she just was in a mood that year and didn't like anything except Harry Potter. And so, I, you know, I was like, okay, so I bought her the Harry Potter set for Christmas, and then we had nothing to do after Christmas, so we watched all the movies together. But it was really good, and I ended up loving the movies myself and learned all about Harry Potter. But it was so good for our relationship, and it was a lesson for me that for our children that sometimes we've got to try to enter the, their world and find those entry points of things that they're interested in for them to hear us when we do, you know, have, want to give advice or share guidance. And that communication takes work. Mm-hmm. It takes taking time and sitting down with them and talking to them about their shoes and talking to them about uh, where they would like to go for vacation and talking to them about uh, what they do on the weekends with their friends. It takes time. It's not something that can just happen in spur of a moment. You've got to put some effort into it. If you're a parent, you need to put effort into knowing your child. What is going on with your child? Where is your child? What are they into? What kind of art do they like? It'll only be for your benefit. I mentioned earlier how you keep the the door to your office open, how the kids are just drawn to you. They might be in there in clusters. It might look a little different after all this, you know, social distancing next year, depending on how many people can be in the same room. But um, but anyway, you know, the kids are drawn into your office. You have candy. You play music. You make sure you have the clean music versions, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> but they, and um, anyway, you just draw them in. And you mentioned earlier how, you know, sometimes as they're sharing things with you that are either burdening them or that they're worrying about or scared to death about, as they say it and you give them that guidance and kind of that bigger perspective, you just see the weight come off their shoulders. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so being a police officer in high school or in any school is not just about law enforcement. Um, You, They find you to be a a credible third-party to come to. They're not going to go talk to their teacher. They're not going to go talk to other people in the school, but they can come and talk to you and know that you're not going to judge them because you have to tell them ahead of time, look, I'm not judging you. So um, when they come in and they talk about how they bomb their test or they're getting ready for something, they're getting ready to take a test. um, Sometimes they need you to pump them up. Sometimes they need to tell you like right off the bat, kids need to vent And when they come in and they tell me, like, this has happened or this is going on, I've had, and we talked earlier about some some kids with some problems at home. Kids have come in and told me about what's going on with their parents and they're fighting or they're going through a divorce or whatever. And I'm not a certified therapist, but I do listen very well. So when the kids come in and they just lay it on me about what's going on at home, I can literally see the the stress just lift off of their shoulders because they were able to tell someone and get it out in the open. 
um, that level of communication is is key. If you don't have that, the kids will never uh, bring other people in. And we need to find some kids to talk to us, and then they will actually go and recruit other kids to come in and talk to you. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, other kids will see that they're getting something. Their friend is getting something positive by going in and talking to Officer Connect. Mm-hmm. Let me go in there and see what's going on. Right. And I use that bowl of candy as a as a kind of a come in and, and have a piece of candy. And what's your name again? That's what <laughs> I would always. And who are you again? And what grade are you in? Uh, and that's how it begins. And sometimes, um, and for those of you that have kids in, in Mount Brook High School, uh, I might go sit with them during their their free break, um, mm-hmm. or go sit with them at lunch. And just listen to what their conversation is. And they always accept me to come sit with them, believe mm-hmm. it or not. They never think of me as an outsider. Yeah. Well, you've earned you've earned that voice in their lives. And I think that's something we forget as parents is that, you know, if we're only talking to them when we want to give them the life lessons or the guidance, they're going to tune us out. You know, they they have a choice. As teenagers, they're they're smart. And um, and something else I thought about is that I think is so important as a parent. I love when other people take a genuine interest in my children because I could pump them up all day long. But they're like, Mom, you're my mom. You have to say that. So sometimes when there is an outsider that sees that potential in them and that's building them up, it means so much to, to a parent that your teenager has that, that they feel seen at school and that they are appreciated for their gifts and their talents. But something else I was thinking about, as you said, the relationships that you're building with them and how they feel comfortable telling you that they bombed their test or that they aced their test, things that they might not feel comfortable telling their friends, is how important it is to teach our teenagers to have those conversations. Because as I think, as we guide them in those kind of relationships as adults, it also helps them build those kind of friendships with their friends and their peers. And, and that's one thing I see a lot in my work is that I always say the number one email I get from girls and moms of girls is they're struggling in their friendships. And I think that there's a lot of kind of surface level friendships and there, a lot of them don't really have deep roots. And that's why there's a lot of up and down. Um, and so, you know, it's hard for them to be vulnerable and to, to find those people they can trust and to have those hard conversations. But that's really what makes a relationship go the distance. And so I think as we guide them in those teen adult relationships is also going to help them build those kind of friendships with their peers, which will be more satisfying to them and also um, just give them those kind of long-term friendships that they need. And I think that also that there's so many kids that need to um, get something out. Uh, they, they've been hiding it for a while, whether it's their grades or it's some kind of scar on their leg or it's it's some kind of physical attribute or whatever it is. Uh, I, I had a girl um, uh, last year, a year before, I think it was a year before, uh, she came in the office and she was, uh, um, I had a candle burning and mm-hmm. she lifted up the candle to smell it and actually poured the wax on her oh, shirt no. <laughs> while she was in school. So she had this like drip wax on her shirt and she was not phased by it at all. Like she mm-hmm. went outside and went to her next class and she had this drip wax and I felt so bad for her, but for somebody that has a stain on their clothes or, mm-hmm. you know, they, they may feel like, oh, no, what if everybody sees that? Mm-hmm. If we can get the kids to recognize that that is not the end of the day mm-hmm. just because you have some kind of, you know, because you cut your leg shaving this morning, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and once they are able to get those things out, then they'll able to get out other things like 
they need help with math. Mm -hmm. They need help with science. They need help with something. And they're able to reach out for that help where a lot of kids are, if they don't have anyone to guide them, will just hide the fact that they need help. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. So we want them to be a success. In order for them to be a success, we've got to get some of their faults out. Mm -hmm. We need to get them out in the open and we need to talk about them and then we need to conquer them. So, and I think that they, they recognize that. Yes, I think that's so important. And, and it's funny now that I have teenagers, one of my, one of those points that I just try to drill home with them is don't struggle alone. Because I was like that growing up, you know, just bottled it all up. And I look back and I, I think of how much heartache I could have saved myself if I just let somebody in and how much, you know, how much wisdom I could have gotten earlier on rather than learning things the hard way. But, you know, just, you know, we have an enemy who wants to isolate us and he wants us to feel alone and feel like nobody would understand us and that we're crazy and to dwell in our shame and just keep beating ourselves up over our mistakes. And so we've got to let people in, you know, safe people we can trust who can help us through that, who can speak truth and help us move forward and give us that hope, you know, that hope of Christ that really helps us move forward. And it's so important. Um, So I love that you're doing that. I love that you're that voice for these students. And I think that, you know, having that, that position of authority too, just gives you extra credibility. Um, And one last thing that I wanted to say about, especially about the, the bit you just had about Christ is, um, I had gone to a church service with my family, and one of the services was about what is your legacy going to be mm. as an adult? What is you when you're gone, when you're dust in the wind, what is your legacy going to be? And you only have a small amount of time here. So what are you going to do to try to help these kids? And and that's where I come from is I want to put I literally put 100% into my job every day at the school because I want the kids to be a success. Later on, they will look back and think, wow, that was so great that Officer Connect was able to let me tell him about whatever or he helped me with mm-hmm. my first traffic ticket or he did whatever. And what I, what you don't see is when the kids come to school every day and they already have that relationship with me mm-hmm. and they see my truck parked outside and they already know Officer Connect is here today. Everything's going to be good. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to worry about. That's huge for a kid to mm-hmm. have that level of anxiety brought down just by knowing that I'm there during the day. Right. So that's what I that's what I enjoy. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, and I just like I have such a heart for these kids, and and it's interesting writing for both teenagers and also moms because when I started out with this, I realized that. Early on, you know, you listen to the teenagers talk and they're all about perfection. And even you can see it in their Instagram comments, you're perfect, flawless. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) And then, you know, you see what moms are reading and what and it's all about, you know, accepting your imperfections and admitting that you're not perfect and your need for Christ and God. And it's like we're it's so hard as a mom to unwire ourselves of that perfectionistic mindset. And you don't really realize the damage it does until you've had it for 20 years. And so that's one reason I really had a heart for working with teenage girls. I'm like, if we can kind of help them and help them get their minds in the right place before they're wired to believe these lies that the, the world is telling them that they have to be perfect and flawless and be ashamed of every mistake and every chink in their armor, you know, if we can get to them early so that they're not struggling with it 20 years later... We're we just doing them a them, huge advantage. We have to give them examples, too. Mm-hmm. We have to give them examples of how we failed and we succeeded. Mm-hmm. Because if they know that someone else failed and there's a success today, 
then it'll help them in the future with any of their failures to know that I can get back up. I can do this. It's no big deal. And right. the teachers at Mount Brook do a great job of that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they work with the students all the time. A lot of kids will bomb a certain test, and they're not the normal kid that bombs the test. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, hey, look, go to your teacher and tell them you need some help. And they will. And they, But they need someone to guide them to do that because they won't do it on their own. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm there for that. Yes. And, you know, and I was writing about this the other day. One thing that one of the many things I love about the Mount Brook school system is how I think even in I remember the junior high when my first daughter started, um, the, the theme I heard over and over and over their seventh grade parent night was self-advocate. And they're like, you know, if your child has a problem, you know, of course, parents can email us, but we want the child to email us. We want them to be a self-advocate. We want them to get in that habit of going to their their teachers, to adults having those conversations. And it was awkward. You know, at first, my daughters are not comfortable with that at all. That sure. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do this, but you can do it. You know, I talked them through it. And then after a while, you know, they, they get their legs under them and it's very comfortable. By the high school, you know, by the time these kids get to high school, they're usually pretty comfortable, you know, being proactive, going to have those conversations with their teachers. And it really does benefit them. I think our students do so well when they go to college and in their career because they have that life skill that a lot of people don't have learning to, you know, speak up and to have those honest conversations rather than expecting someone to be a mind reader or to know what they want or to know what might be going on inside of them. Um, so I think that's that's something that Mount Brook does so well is giving them the words and the courage to have those conversations. And, and a lot of these issues that they have will come out in these small conversations that you have at home. Mm. You can have these conversations about whatever and somehow that issue will come up. It will, but mm-hmm. you got to have these small conversations. Mm-hmm. And another note, another thing I want to note is helping these students. Um, you know, I guess ask for help again, not struggling alone, but really telling them that you know we're all here to help each other. I know in my life when I'm in a bad point or I'm feeling really weak, God always puts strong people around me. Like there's always someone who can I can borrow their strength when I'm not in a good place. And I think that's just that's how we're meant to live is we're wired to live in community like that. But, um, you know, I know a girl in college whose parents went through a divorce and I thought it was so brave of her because she told me, she's like, I I told my friends when I go back to school next fall, I need y'all to check on me. She's like, I'm not okay. And I need you to check on me. And I just thought that was so amazing that, you know, someone so young could do what a lot of adults struggle to do. But we do need to do that as as a form of self-love is in teaching our kids to do this, that, you know, if you're not in a good place, let someone in. You know, find someone you trust, even if it's just one or two people, and tell them that you need them to check on you. You know, ask for what you need for There's no shame. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in asking for help. That's what we've got to get over, especially at the teenage level. Mm -hmm. There's no shame in saying, I'm not real good at this, or I screwed up. I made a mistake. How do I get out of this? Because sometimes they don't know where to go. They don't know who to ask. There's no template out there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so if if the kids can get to where they are comfortable saying, you know, I need some help, that is huge. Because when they become a success after that, they'll recognize that, oh, that wasn't bad at all. Mm -hmm. I can do that again. Right, exactly. Well, anything else, um, you know, anything else that I think would be helpful for parents to know as far as connecting with their teenagers and we are in some odd times right now we're trying to work at home we're trying to homeschool the kids we've been together a lot I found myself losing my patience a lot lately (laughs) um you know and so it it is just we're not meant to have all the facets of our lives 
under our roof. So it is kind of a struggle. But we also don't want to lose this gift and this opportunity that we have, especially with our teenagers, who we're not going to have many you know, seasons of life where they're at home with us like this. Well, times are also different. I mean, obviously, when we grew up, we didn't have you know cell phone technology like we have nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a lot of the, the technologies, uh, cable TVs and, and stuff like that growing up. The kids are so attached to their digital technology right now mm-hmm. uh, with their friends, with Instagram, with posting pictures, with looking at pictures, with surfing the internet, looking for styles, looking for whatever. Uh, just know that as a parent, it's, it's, it's a good idea to just ground some of that sometimes mm-hmm. and just have verbal communication, whether it be at the dinner table or whether it be small communication during the day. Try to make an effort to speak to your child mm-hmm. in person, see them, look them in the eye, and, and, and get them off of that device for just a little while. I know it's. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it takes over everything, but the cell phone really can be a detriment to having a conversation with your child. I read this book and it talked about how I thought this was so interesting. Our generation was raised with, um, generally speaking, with rules, but not as much relationship. And so a lot of parents today, we've kind of swung the pendulum the other way. We want that relationship, but we're also sometimes not putting in the rules that we need. And and the kids really do need both, and they respond better to both. Because if we're not giving them rules and boundaries, who will give it to them? So they they need that. Um, And so it is. I think that's, that's the tricky part of parenting a teenager is how to be the parent, you know, be firm, be strong when we need to be, but also be that safe place they can go to. So I think you've given us a lot of great tips today on how to do that. And, um, and I want to just let you just say a few words to wrap up. I know you miss your students so much. Um, I miss them like they're my own children. And going into the school when there's nobody there and the halls are bare and there's no chatter and there's no kids just laying around, you'd be surprised the kids are just laying around the school (laughs) during the day uh, on their free period uh, and talking about, you know, sports and talking about, uh, the upcoming football game or the pep rally or what they're going to you know, how excited they are for whatever presentation they've got to give. I've got students sitting outside my office practicing uh, their speeches for, uh, you know, uh, uh, President Lincoln and, and giving, uh, testing each other on the Bill of Rights. <laughs> and and I miss that. I miss teaching them about criminal law and history and driver's ed and I also miss them making mistakes because that's part of life. Uh, believe it or not, it's, it's kind of uh, rewarding to have a child who had a traffic accident in the parking lot, had a fender bender, and they came to you for help and you were able to help them and help them get through it and help them get them past it. And that's something they don't have to worry about anymore when they go to class. That, uh, that whole situation is now removed. It's out in the open. Everyone knows about it, and they can move on and be whoever it is that they need to be. So that's that's rewarding for me. Well, you are awesome. We are so fortunate to have you at Mount Brook High School. Thank you. I think this is going to help a lot of parents and um, just bring comfort to a lot of the students that you're missing right now, too. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Let's do it again soon. Okay. Friends, thank you for tuning in today and sharing your time with us. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a ratings or review to help others find the podcast. Also, I have a new book about raising teenagers that will release on August 18th. It's called Love Her Well, 10 Ways to Find Joy and Connection with Your Teenage Daughter, and it's been getting fantastic early buzz. 
You can pre-order it now online and then submit your receipt to receive pre-order incentives that can help you empower and pray for your teenager. You can find all of the links in today's show notes.